previously on Film Code. Nathan was able to crack Phoenix's code and retake the lead. Nathan, you said you got it. Give it to me. What is yes. it? Yes. So I looked at that one as well. I think that's a strong contender. The only reason that is not it, and even if I'm wrong, that's not it, is because I asked Phoenix if this is a for sure sport or if some people say it's a, it is versus it's not. And everyone would say baseball is a sport, right? I mean, you're living <laughs> under a rock if you don't think baseball is a sport. So I just I ruled that one out because everyone thinks it's a sport. So I went with cheerleading. I is went it? with cheerleading because that is a debate whether cheerleading is a sport. And that is 2000's Bring It On by Peyton Reed. Uh, this looks like a movie that is right up your alley, Phoenix, for whatever reason. Uh, I think you tried to sneak Pey- Peyton Reed in there. Um, it's about, obviously, these these uh, cheerleading, this cheerleading squad um, who are teens. So um, that's what I'm going to say. Bring that, it. that was the other movie that I was debating between. Bring It On by Peyton Reed. Let's let's uh, let's see what it is. Well, uh, you guys gave both really great guesses. Uh, after I uh, gave this, I realized that there were only two movies directed by MCU directors that fit that theme, and you both found them. And it is my great honor to say that Nathan got it right. Yes, it was Bring It On. <laughs> this week, it's Nick's turn with a brand new code word. So his code word this week was tragedy, which he did not spell correctly, but we'll <laughs> let him we'll let him hear that next week. Um, his clues were ridiculously unspecific because he's trying to catch up to me and can't afford me to get more points. Um, his clues were 1990 to 1999, nominated for Best Picture, and based on a big event. So as you can see. Not very specific. So, <laughs> Will the guys have any luck cracking Nick's code word? Plus, it's almost that time for the holidays, so the guys review 2020's Happiest Season and 2020's Jingle Jangle. Plus, the guys review a classic holiday movie you don't want to miss. All that and more on this week's episode of Film Code. Welcome to Film Code, episode 28, and we are here for a very special episode because it is our holiday special. We got a jam-packed episode, and I want to first introduce the two guys that are doing the show with me today, uh, looking their absolute best in their ugliest Christmas sweaters and (laughs) his hideous jacket. Uh, (laughs) Also, uh, welcome back, Brandon. Brandon, how the hell are you, man? Good to see you. Man, it is it. I, I can't explain how great it is to be back. Um, <laughs> I this this is again just another one-off episode that I'm here for, but it's I plan to be back fully soon. Um, it's great to be back though. We're in the festive times. It's going to be great to talk about some Christmas cinema. 
with you yes. guys. Unfortunately, I've only seen two of the three films on here, so I'm probably going to be out on the first conversation that we have, but it is good to be back. Nathan, welcome. Yes. What's going on, Nathan? Yeah, I'm glad to have you back, Brandon. Um, waiting for the day that we have all four of us here, but nonetheless, it's it's good to have three. And for this holiday special, I love rubbing this very ugly and festive suit jacket in Phoenix's face. So I'm glad he gets to stare at this all. all oh my God, it's hideous. <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, uh, Nathan, I describe this jacket that you have on, man. Sure. So for our audio listeners, I'm wearing a all bright red, um, almost like a uh, it, it's it's very bright red almost as bright red as you can go before it goes pink right. um and then it is just fluttered with white prints of bells ornaments mistletoe snow flooded <laughs> with it um it looks like i myself rolled around in snow yes. outside um, <laughs> i think it is very festive it as we were talking you know, a holiday episode and I'm dressed up, Brandon's dressed up, Phoenix, you wouldn't know if he celebrates Christmas or not based on his festivity, <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless. I'm in all black, so yeah, there's, there's my Christmas spirit. Uh, yeah, Brandon, please tell everyone about your, your uh, festive outfit that you have on. I am wearing a Star Wars sweater that my girlfriend got for me uh, how long ago? How long ago did I get this? Um, last year on the day that I saw Rise of Skywalker, nice. Um, with it was me and my girlfriend. We were trading um Christmas presents. She's like, "I got you a sweater." I'm like, <laughs> oh, uh, okay, we're doing this. At least but, you got uh, some good Star Wars content from that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I for my for our video uh, viewers, here's the the sweater. It's Darth Vader with the Santa hat, surrounded nice. by TIE fighters and a bunch of a different Imperial ships on the sleeves. And on the back, it says Merry Sidmas. That's dope. Well, if you think this is if you think this is dressing up for the show, just wait till we review the prom. I'll be dressed up as if I was going to prom. <laughs> oh, God. I just can't... wait till that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we got to get started. So like we said, this is our holiday episode. We are jam packing in a couple of holiday films. And uh, we're kicking off first with uh, Happiest Season. This debuted on Hulu, uh, stars Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart, directed by Clea Duvall. Uh, this is a, the I don't, I don't know if it's the first ever, but definitely the most, uh, I guess you would say noticed uh, <laughs> a gay rom-com Christmas movie. Um, first of its kind, at least that to my knowledge, but uh, Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, they're a couple. They visit Mackenzie's family back in, I forget where she's from, but like some small town or whatever. And uh, they're very conservative and they don't know that uh, Mackenzie's character is gay. And they don't know that uh, Kristen Stewart, her girlfriend, is is her girlfriend, uh, and that's where we start. And then hilarity ensues. Apparently, all right. So Brandon did not get a chance to see this one, so he won't be able to uh, participate in this discussion. So Nathan, give me your first impressions of Happiest Season. 
Sure. So non-spoiler, um, I had a lot of fun with this movie. This is, honest to God, the most fun I've had with a movie in a long time. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best movie I've seen in a long time, but I just had a blast watching this. And I can see myself watching this again sometime soon. It's got the perfect mix of comedy. There's there's smart comedy inside of this movie. There's well-timed jokes. There are um, running gags that are paid off well that you don't think are cheesy. And my lord, um, Dan Levy or Dan Levy, I'm sorry, I don't yeah. know how to say that, um, plays John. Oh my goodness. He was <laughs> hilarious. I loved this character so much. Almost every line of dialogue he had had me laughing. Um, he was just fantastic. And from a comedy side, yes, this is a romantic comedy. Um, but I feel like comedy was almost on the back burner. I feel like the dramatic aspects took center stage. And not, by all means, I'm not saying this is a drama or anything like that. But this, to me, screamed more drama than than comedy. And it's nice that they had this healthy mix. Um, I'll touch more on that later, I, I'm sure. But um, I do want to say that Kristen Stewart, I was just in love with her character. I, I really was. Um, and we'll talk spoilers and more on that. But I'm not saying that she is Oscar worthy or anything like that. But she was perfect for this role. She was perfect in the movie with everything her character was written to do. She was absolutely perfect. I I was in love with her character. So with with all that said, Phoenix, uh, I'll pass it over to you. Oh man, uh, I'm so happy that we are in agreement on this. I had so much fun with this movie. Uh, honest to God, I thought it was great. I like really, really great. Um, I don't watch a lot of romantic comedies. Like personally, they're just not my brand. Um, but I do love Christmas movies, so blending the two, I thought I thought was great. And yes, you're right, Kristen Stewart was fantastic in this. She was so good, and and I I loved her character. I love Dan Levy's character. He had me doubled over in laughter. He was so funny. Um, Aubrey Plaza, I'm like, I have such a crush on Aubrey Plaza, but seeing her in this movie, I was like, if Aubrey Plaza's gay, I'm okay with it. Like she she just is perfect i love her in every single thing that she does uh i i had a blast with this movie so much fun and you're right i think the drama definitely does take center stage especially in the third act um it gets it gets heavy like there was a there was a moment there where i had to like you know i got a little choked up i was like wow like <laughs> this is a this is really good so for me, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Brandon, if you uh, if you get the chance, I, I sincerely want you to check out Happiest Season. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to you, I was talking to you a little bit about it before we started recording, and like I'm like, man, I really should have watched this instead of Jingle Jangle. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's go ahead and break the seal. Uh, so Nathan, uh, go ahead. Spoilers. What did about uh, Happiest Season? What did you like? Yeah, um, Brandon, I don't I don't know if you wanna stop listening or, or what but i'm gonna go ahead and get into it it's fine go ahead okay well i 
it's not without its flaws, which we'll talk about. Um, I, I do have a couple issues with the movie, but it was just so much fun. Um, I cannot relate to the type of relationship that Harper and Abby have, but from watching um, this as well as other LGBT movies, I felt like this was such a real, genuine relationship played out on screen. You know, when you're creating a story, when you're acting, you want it to be believable no matter what story you're telling. And I feel like sometimes, no matter what romantic comedy movie it is, I feel like it's hard to tell, or it's hard to buy into the the relationship that our leads have. I, I watched Stranger Than Fiction about a month ago with Will Ferrell and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. This is a prime example of, of, a, of a couple that I just don't believe in. I, I, I just don't believe these characters are right for each other. Not with Happiest Season, not with Harper and Abby. I could really tell their chemistry, which I kind of despise when commentators or, or reviewers or whomever say, oh, they had great on-screen chemistry, because I think that's kind of <laughs> bullshit. But really, it, in this it is. In this it is. They really did have on-screen chemistry. I, would, I feel like Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart hung out all the time as friends. As I yank one of my earbuds out. Sorry about that. Um, they really did. The, these two, because they are two well-known actresses and because they're two talented actresses, definitely helps the movie. But I feel like their characters and their situations are so well-written. And they carry scenes together. Um, Kristen Stewart, especially, when she needs to get emotional, it's so believable. Um, I know these aren't necessarily spoilers, but um, that's something I can appreciate right off the bat. Yeah, uh, I, 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 we're like two peas on that one. Like the chemistry is ridiculous. Like I mean, just immediately, like I'm taken by this relationship. I bought, I'm bought in. I think they're they're a perfect match. Like you know, one of the one of the series that we're doing on this show is perfect casting decisions. I mean, this might fall in that category. Like, Kristen Stewart is so believable as Abby and, and uh, Mackenzie Davis as Harper. It just works. I don't know why, but it just works. They just seem like a, your typical lesbian couple and they and they get along and their their relationship is friendly. It's, it's kind of, it's really cute. Like, it makes you like, be like, wow, like they're really a cute couple. Um, but I want to get into the comedy, man, because, I mean, like, we already talked about Dan Levy. He was hilarious. But Mary Holland, who played, uh, what is it, uh, Jane, their 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 younger sister, uh, the, the aloof one, the one who was writing the book, priceless. Oh, my God. She, she had so many funny moments, like, genuinely funny moments. It was so good to see. Another person who had me doubled over in laughter, Mary Steinberger, who played her mother. Oh my God. Like the way that she like playfully accuses uh, Abby of stealing her brooch is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Just like, just kind of like, just like, you know, if it happens to pop up on my drawer, I just I won't be upset. Like it's so like, I've seen her in another show that I love, which is uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. She plays the mother in that show. And she's, in that she's everywhere. Yeah, like in that she's way more dramatic, but just to see her like bring the comedy in this, 
another just really perfect fit. Uh, soup, like, I, I can't talk enough about the comedy. I think the comedy in this was, was really, really great. Yeah, and I think, too, like, you have a couple of of actors that we don't know. Mary Holland, you touched on. Yeah. Dan Levy, Levi, I'm sorry that I keep messing that up. Um, <laughs> two actors right there that that are getting their start and shine in this movie but you also have of course actors like you just mentioned who are well known and another one is victor garber who yes. is in titanic and right. a couple of other well-known films cario argo um that's another actor that is just in supporting roles in a lot of things you've seen and I think that's another perfect casting for the dad and what his characters has to do. But um, as far as getting into spoilers, I I feel like this story is just so realistic and so I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I feel like with a lot of rom-coms and take the Christmas aspect out, out of it, a lot of comedies in general just throw the story away. And focus all their attention on the comedy. And this film didn't do that whatsoever. This film had a real story with real stakes, scene to scene. It was viable. I was engaged. I felt like each scene mattered, whether it was from a comedy perspective or not. It, it just, it's so refreshing to get a movie that claims itself a comedy that has a well-written story because you could take this movie like you take the script let's say right or this movie was shown to a studio and to the studio heads and they could say that's great let's make it a drama and you would not have to change all that much you really wouldn't and that's really what i love about it is it just the story matters and and really getting into spoilers now because we broke the seal but really haven't talked spoilers um Harper just gets so weird. And I don't mean that, that you know, she is afraid to reveal who she really is to her parents. I, I'm, I understand how, how big of a deal that can be um, for those in that situation. But ruling that out, like around her friends, when it's just her and Abby, she's just acting so bizarre that her parents and what she needs to tell her parents has nothing to do with how she's acting in, in certain moments and that's where i really felt for abby i i mean really i want to be like why there's one scene where they're talking in in harper's bedroom and harper's in the bed and abby's like you know we just i just want to make sure you came home safe and things like that and harper's just being so defensive and, <laughs> and senile and it was like what is your problem oh yeah yeah, and so, like that—that. That, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just felt like, you know, there's a lot of tension between Harper and Abby inside this film, and a lot of it is Harper dictated. Which, I yes, like I like I said, I understand Harper's feeling a lot of pressure by wanting to to come out to her parents, but I don't feel like that had to do with some of the other stuff she was she's being a jerk about. Yeah, it was a that was that was the scene I was like I was like whoa like. Dude, <laughs> I was like, oh no, bro. Like that was that was kind of that was kind of out of left field because I get it, like, like especially when um, uh, Aubrey Plaza's character—I can't remember her name—um, 
but when she reveals what Harper did to her when they were in high school, I was like, I was like, okay, like her behavior started to make a little bit more sense to me because it was like, that's someone who knows how to turn it on and off. Like, you know what I'm saying? They know how to hide that part of themselves and they then do it convincingly because um, they've just been so trained to do it. Uh, so that that really kind of just like, it's, it's a bit jarring, especially that scene you're talking about. But yeah, that's what that is. It's just someone who like, that's why the 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 scene when um, Abby tells her she's leaving and that she's done and, and she goes after her and when she says like I'm not hiding you I'm hiding me, I was like ooh like that was one of the scenes where I was like ooh that got me in my throat a little bit because it's like that's someone who's just like like I know how to do this but it I it literally kills me to do it and like. I just thought they played that scene so goddamn well. It's it's so well done. Yeah, and I mean, backtracking from, from where you're talking, I mean, when um, Sloane, the sister, yeah. says, you know, Harper's a lesbian and Abby's uh, her girlfriend, and Harper says she's lying, and Abby just walks out the door, mm. like, that is just so <laughs> crushing. If, if that does not crush you, right. When, watching you are either very disengaged or movies are not for you there's there's no other explanation you either are on your phone and you're like oh what what, what happened or the movies just you have no soul i mean that's the only explanation and that was such a great dramatic moment that's exactly what i've been talking about this whole time right. is they balance dramatic moments well whereas other comedies might have a dramatic one dramatic moment half as good as that one <laughs> This movie's chock full of them. Um, and I loved Abby's decision too, as far as to go, has that nice talk with John, which I, I'm sure that's the scene you were talking about earlier, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Uh, that's an amazing scene. Like an, uh, an absolutely amazing scene. And Dan Levy's funny the entire movie. And then he gets that scene that's just like perfect. And he's like, it, it's just it's great like and he I, I, it's the line where he says like when she tells him like what did you when he asks her what did your parents say when you came out she said that they loved me and supported me he's like that's great that's wonderful it's like mine didn't mine kicked me out of the house and didn't speak to me for 13 years like he's like there's your story there's mine and there's everything in between i was like damn that's true like i was just like that's such a true statement and like I just know like people in the LGBTQ community just felt that line so much. It's such, and it's shot really, really well. And it's just really, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite scenes. Again, like when you talk about, like I said, he's funny the entire movie and then he gets that dramatic scene. And it seems like everybody gets one. Harper gets one, Sloan gets one, Abby gets one. And they're, and they're all good. And it's just well balanced with this humor is great, really on-time humor in these really emotional, uh, powerful scenes. And I think, and it's funny to me because in the beginning, I noticed something that, that happens in a lot of Christmas movies where they tend to say Christmas a lot. I don't know why, like, it's just a way of like letting people know this is a Christmas movie. I'm like, okay, but like you said it like six times in this scene, like back to back to back, it's kind of, obvious and annoying and i'm like 
And so like when I when I first started it, that was like, oh God, is this gonna be one of those movies where it's just like, you know, kind of plastic and we just paint over it. And it's like, woo, we got we got the holidays, so it's a Christmas movie. And so to see like so many scenes where it's it's funny, it's dramatic, it's it's entertaining, it's it's action. There's action in there. There's there's so much to it. I was like, thank God. And then like, cause that that scene where they're saying Christmas over and over again is literally the only scene like that. So like, we get past that, and I'm like, that's great. I'm glad they they didn't dwell on that. But it is still a Christmas movie, and at the same time, you know that there's so much more involved with it. Yeah, and, and just to wrap this up, there's a couple things I want to talk about more is um, love Abby standing up for herself. Love um, She, you know, tells Harper that it's over because she doesn't like the way that she's acting. That's great. That, that yeah. blew my mind. Um, standing up for herself. And then, then the scene happens where uh, Harper tells her parents she's lying, I'm straight, things like that. And she, she... She leaves. She goes, and um, then Harper's like, makes everything okay. Oh, I did it. And she's like, it's too late. It's too late. Oh, I love. See, oh. I love that. That's another crushing moment. But you're happy for Abby, right? I just, I loved that. I loved her character because I feel like that is so representative of what someone in this situation would do. I feel like too many times in movies, no matter what genre it is, it's just like, oh, it's okay no consequences mm-hmm. um she really said like it's too late um i love that but the other thing i wanted to touch on what this script does so well with their dramatic moments is it opens the door to let you wonder if something's going to happen and and that's a very broad statement so let me let me clarify that I a think little I know more what with some mean, examples yeah, go, go ahead you know, you, you got um, Aubrey Plaza's character, which his name is Riley. Riley and Abby in that bar, and they're hitting it off. And, and Riley moves and sits next to Abby. And you're like, oh, my God, wait. <laughs> could they maybe? Right, right. You know, Abby just found out that Harper is not the person she necessarily thought she was. She's been cold to her. Could Riley and Abby maybe right and then you know there's another time where Harper is um, reuniting with her ex and they're talking outside the the restaurant or bar that they were just hanging out Mm -hmm. and you low-key have that possibility of something happening (laughs) I can't be the only one that in both of those scenes thought (laughs) are they gonna yeah are they gonna pull the trigger here? Like <laughs> that was the thought process. I think they did it, did a really good job of setting that up to making you believe, like, oh, are they gonna pull a swerve on us real quick? Yes, and, like, and, yeah. and either one of them did because they're good people and they are faithful to their significant other. But at the end of the day, the fact that they left that open to the audience's mind is is great. Um so we got another movie to cover, so I don't want to be talking for too long. I do want to touch on real quick just a few smidge problems I have because I know that you do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane's character, played by Mary Holland, she's funny. She delivers lines well. I don't have a problem with her performance. In a movie where I love how most of the characters are written, I don't like how she's written. And that's not a, fa- that's not a problem with her. That's not to say she wasn't funny. I just... 
I, we've talked so much about how realistic this is. Uh-huh. I think it's pretty unrealistic how you have this family that just adores two daughters <laughs> and, and just, despises the other. I don't think they and despise the her, but other they definitely one just, are like lower on her than, than the see, other. See, <laughs> that just, that was so unbelievable to yeah. me. And I just, I didn't care for that aspect. I felt like they could have done something stronger with her character. Mm-hmm. Sure, she's the main source of comedic relief, and a lot of her non-life is revolvent around that. But at the end of the day, I felt like that could have been stronger. That's my main. That's my. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I really uh I don't I don't I guess the only complaint I have is. The storyline of her parent of her dad running for office um i like as someone who follows politics kind of religiously like it to me that hurts the ending of the movie uh when he wins or whatever because i'm like you know i've been on twitter i know what it's like when a politician posts anything you know what i'm saying you po- they post the they show the the instagram where they're posting pictures of them at the gay pride parade or them you know yeah. Just having a thing, and I'm like, oh god, I just know the comment section is awful. Like, and I'm like, and you gotta well, think like at least, you know, I, I mean, it has nothing to do with the movie. It's just like a, a pet peeve of mine, like involving politics in this romantic story. I was kind of like, oh, I don't love that because I know in this day and age, it's very partisan. And even if you, even if like we've seen him and he's a good guy and probably great on LGBTQ issues, whatever. I don't know. I just know it would be messy. So even though it's fictional, can't can't really dwell on it, but that's really my only complaint. And I guess my other complaint was that that final like fight in the third act where yeah. the sisters are chasing each other and <laughs> all hell is breaking loose at the party. I think that was a little too That was a bit uh, a bit much yeah. extravagant for me. <laughs> um you know, I, I just think that that was way too disastrous. Them fighting on the floor and trying to like choke themselves out. I think that's pretty realistic. I think them running around the house, shoving paintings on each other, tearing the tree down in front of all these people. Yeah. As adults. Maybe maybe not much. I mean, I get it. Like it's part of the comedy and it and it is kind of funny. Like I'll definitely, you know, physical comedy can work, but yeah, it, it, it was a bit much, but all right, we got to close this out. Final score, Nathan, what, did, what is your final score on Happiest Season? It's a B plus for me. That's three and a half stars for the year 2020 at the time of this recording. That is Hall of Fame status. <laughs> um, it's my fourth best movie of the year right now, which is incredible to, to be honest with you ranking in the top five is is a huge deal for any year but in 2020 it's just been a shit show so it's so nice and refreshing to get a movie like this it might be four stars the more that i think about it but normally a four star does just goes above and beyond and i don't know if i can do that right now but absolutely loved it it was so much fun and this is something i can see myself watching every year yeah i am in that boat but i'm gonna go a four I think it's a four-star movie. Uh, I just think it, you know, it's rewatchable as hell. I think it's, it, and like, 
I haven't I haven't loved Kristen Stewart in anything uh, past Twilight, and this is the first movie that I, I've absolutely loved her in. So, uh, yeah, four stars for me. I love the relationship. I I could rewatch it right now. So that's where I'm at with Happiest Season. And we're going to move on so we can finally let Brandon into the conversation. And we are going to talk about the other holiday movie that we watched this week, which was Jingle Jangle. Once upon a time lived the greatest inventor that ever there was, Geronicus Jangle. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas indeed! Jangle, for the last 30 years, you've been promising something sensational. I need more time. Either come up with the money you've borrowed by Christmas or show me the revolutionary invention you once promised. I would lose everything. What's wrong, Grandpa? Had a perfect life. Loving family and a magical shop. Till an old friend took it all. But he didn't get this. Young lady. If I know anything about your grandfather, there's something sensational in there. Wow. I'm Buddy. Whoa. <laughs> I'm actually flying. <laughs> if I have that toy, I'll be unstoppable. It's foolproof. <laughs> you are proof that there are fools. Fools, 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 fools. <laughs> This is the only place I've ever been where I finally felt like I belong. We have to get Buddy back. I know about losing things, but the magic's in what you still have. you do the magic lives inside of you Christmas uh, musical, uh, I guess, was uh, starring Forrest Whitaker, uh, Felicia Rashad. Oh, I messed that up. Felicia Rashad, uh, and uh, it was a very interesting story. You had this uh, inventor who, uh, oh, also stars Keegan Michael Key. I forgot about that. Uh, you have this inventor who was, uh, you know, inventing new toys, comes up with a really great idea, and his. Uh, assistant steals all of his inventions and he deals with depression and how he basically comes back from that uh through his granddaughter uh okay so uh brandon just finished watching this nathan i know you watched it a few days ago i watched you know, this a do you week know ago. 
Do you know how I feel on this, Phoenix? Already? I, I don't know really. I'm oh, so okay. excited to hear it. So I was just, I was just curious. Yeah. So Brandon, since you just saw it, let's get your unvarnished, right out of the gate, uh, opinion on Jingle Jangle. Um, this reminded me why I hate musicals. <laughs> I, Not La La Land, though. You love that. I love like there are certain musicals that work. This is one of them that don't work. Mm. For me, I like. I think the performances were fun. The performances were good. Just the story. I didn't connect with the story at all. It, it's like me. It's it's like you guys with um, Hillbilly Elegy. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. All right. No, I I insist. Please, you go ahead. <laughs> I insist. Okay. Uh. I am of two minds of this. Uh, I personally was okay with with most of the music. I think most of the music works. I think, you know, they got some songs that I, I, I could enjoy listening to again. Um, but the story is not good. <laughs> the story is not good. It's, it's a Christmas story, so I feel like it's fair to grade those on a different scale because you're you're basically tying yourself to one particular holiday, one particular audience, so that's fine. Um, but it was also a children's story, which I wasn't like. I mean, I didn't expect it to be this much of a children's story, but it's a it's a children's story, and uh, it just it just did not work for me. It didn't speak to me. It didn't do anything for me. I didn't feel like it was. Like if I was a kid, I still wouldn't have gotten a message from it. Like it wouldn't, it didn't do anything for me at all. So like, the I think there was some music that was great, and then the story just not, not, not really very good. And I love Forrest Whitaker and Felicia Rashad, so I was really sorry that I didn't love them in this. But yeah, all right, Nathan, go ahead. <laughs> this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, just, just straight up. I mean, this is one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my entire life. I feel really bad for Forrest Whitaker. I really do. This man is such a talent. He is. Um, he is a best, uh, best actor award winner. He is such, such a talent. He has to get a better agent or he himself has to start making better decisions because this man is wasting his talent by being in so many shit movies. Um, the worst movie I have ever seen in my entire life is called How It Ends. It is also a 2018 Netflix original. Shocker, shocker, that Netflix made it. Um, and Forrest Whitaker is in that movie, which sucks because I like Forrest Whitaker. He's also in this piece of absolute garbage. Um, I will preface this by saying... I, I'm just going to break the seal right now. Uh, we are talking spoilers. The first 10 minutes, right, when they're younger, before Forrest Whitaker and Keegan-Michael Key are actually introduced, mm -hmm. when their younger versions are in, I think it's great. I'm not going to lie. I think it's – no, like, I'm sitting here. I think it's great. They do that first song, getting the real, real Christmassy vibes, and then they have that up – level storytelling yeah. 
that storytelling that will remind you of Up, the Pixar movie, with the visuals. They have like those wooden dolls um, telling the story about his wife dying and how that grew him and his daughter apart. And of course, how his his assistant felt like he was mistreated and overlooked, so he steals everything. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this was great. This opening 10 minutes and that visual storytelling is incredible. And I am not exaggerating at all. At all. I would never exaggerate on this show. After that visual storytelling, the minute Forrest Whitaker gets introduced, this movie is Artemis Fowl level. Oh, wow. It is so freaking bad, okay? And the only reason it is not Artemis Fowl level overall is because that first 10 minutes, whatever, is freaking fantastic. Oh, wow. Outside, you tell me, as soon as Forrest Whitaker is introduced, as soon as that scene starts, this is Artemis Fowl bad. And I'm going on mute and letting you two talk about that. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay, I do not I I do not feel like it is that bad. Like it is bad, okay? It's not great. But it's not it's it's, it's listen, Artemis Fowl was a totally different beast, okay? Like that movie was that movie was purposely trying to be the worst movie of the year. I feel like it was. Um, this, and I actually, I actually disagree. I actually did not like the first 10 minutes. I, uh, that, that opening song, I, it reminded me of, uh, the beat. It was like a up-tempo version of, uh, Freedom. And it just, it, like, every time I tried to, to think of that song, Freedom kept popping in my head. So I was like, yeah, th that's driving me crazy. I do like the, the choreography in that scene, though. I do think choreography in there was amazing. This guy does a flip. Off the off of a column, with by only using his hands, he does like a backflip off the column just with his hands. It's really sick. That was nice. There's another shot where like two guys are like jumping over while there's three women uh, spinning with dresses. Beautiful shot. Um, but yeah, I actually did not like the song. Did not care for the the characters who were singing at the time. I just didn't 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 really like their their voices uh, harmonizing. So as it went on, I actually appreciated the music a little bit more, but the story just got, it just got worse and worse and worse. It was, it's not a good story. It was just, it was too cheesy. That That's where it was. Like sometimes Christmas music, I mean, Christmas movies are allowed to be cheesy. This was just, this was ham-fisted cheesy. This was, this was all the cheese you can take. Like it was a cheese platter. Like it was just ridiculous. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I just can't get into it. Like the music, I feel like at least the song that his granddaughter sings, that was my favorite song of the movie. Like that was a really strong song. <laughs> I, I mean, it was cute. Okay, it was cute. It was adorable. I thought, you know, saying it had some powerful, it had some power ballads in it. I thought it was great. But otherwise, yeah, Brandon, <laughs> I. I I definitely have to say, this is just like 
I'm going with Nathan here. This is this is the start of his foul. <laughs> I did not vibe with this movie at all. I just nothing about this movie appealed to me. You know? Wow. No, I, like, no, not not even not even didn't appeal to me. This made me want to throw a brick through my TV. <laughs> I this remember. Made, this I made remember. me want to do some Eternal Sunshine brainwashing shit. This was. <laughs> this was like. God, I hope I'm dreaming. Someone take a just oh my god, this was bad. Oh my god, this made me want to just climb up to my roof and ponder life and walk to the ledge and ponder. I mean, Jesus. Oh my god. This was so bad. You, you ever seen Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium? I had those vibes from this movie. Oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I can't. I can't. This is. Oh my god. I mean, Tenant made me mad, right? Right. Tenant made me mad because I was expecting it to be better than what I experienced. This just upset me that Netflix, that whomever had people that watched this movie and said, yes, I am okay with this content. <laughs> Somebody approved this. Numerous people watched this movie and said, yes, it looks good. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, the same people also approved cuties, so... Oh, God. <laughs> we lost Nathan he, He's going to the ledge, man. He's going to the ledge. Oh, my God. He's going to go ponder life for a second. Uh, look, and listen. Like, okay. So, Brandon, you, you, like, literally just finished this. Like, was there any, any part of this that you enjoyed or what was like what was the disconnect for you exactly all of it. <laughs> it, it it's it's really hard to form the words when you just can't find anything positive about it you know like i want to find anything something positive i mean the, the performances were good i say the singing was good too mm -hmm. the way it was executed wasn't too good <laughs> it i mean like this should have been a not movie. This should have been a play mm. at a theater. You know, it, yeah. I'm gonna wait till Nathan puts his headphones back in. Oh, oh, oh! He's no, he's, he's he's pondering for a while. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay, see, like for me, right? I I thought. Okay, so like. Honestly, I think it picked up when when Keegan Michael Key came, his character uh, came into the film, because I, I think he had a great song. I think we understood his uh, his uh, I guess story and his arc or whatever. And I just thought that was a really really good character. Um, I think one of my issues was like, okay. You, you got a formula that brings a toy to life. That sounds cool. You should stay with Toy Story. But yeah, I was like, I was like, 
in in theory, but I'm like, I don't really think that would be cool because I'm like a thinking toy. Like, no, no, that's like that's like taking care of an actual other person. It's just a smaller size. So I was like, I, I'm I don't understand how you thought that would, you know, change your fortunes around. But like, but like even still, like I just thought the I thought the initial premise was a little flawed. Um, but. Keegan-Michael Key, I thought, was a great character. I thought his songs worked. I liked his story arc. Um, And a few songs here and there, which I thought were really cool, but I got nothing on that story, bro. Like, like nothing for that story. And, like, when when it was revealed, essentially, at the end, that that it was, it was, always a children's story right i just felt like it, it was talking down to me like and and i get it because it's a children's story but like there are some children's stories where it's like you can watch that and know like okay they they have a respect for you at at any age this was one of those where they were like we're expecting people five and under to watch this movie and we don't care if 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 anybody else does like <laughs> like yeah, that that's what it felt like. Also, can we talk about why at the end of the movie and at the end of the story, she closes the book and it's like, yeah, go look out the window. And they're like, oh my God. Like, do these kids never look out the window? Look out the window, right? Like, what? And they're like, that, she's like, that's the toy shop or that's the city or whatever. I was, I was far gone from paying attention at that point. But <laughs> what, do these, these kids not look out the window? I, I, I'm so confused. I don't know. Like, also, that's- that's what I mean, but I was like, all right, so they've been it's here this like, whole time. Like, just how old do you think we are? Like, it's just right. so and bad. Here, here's the point, right? Like, I get this is clearly made for children. We, the three of us, are not the target audience for this movie. That's completely understandable. But I am completely in range to say that the three of us enjoy movies that are made for children, mm-hmm. right? We love Toy Story. I love the Polar Express. I'm sure you both have numerous examples of similar ones. Mm-hmm. If I try to think of it like this, right? If I had a kid and I showed this to them, what are they gonna resonate with this, right? Like, what are they gonna take away from this I know movies that I was shown from my childhood, whether they be Christmas movies or not, that I remember and love to this day because of X, Y, or Z that happened in the movie that stuck with me and made me appreciate it. I, honest to God, do not know what a child can resonate with inside of this movie that draws them back, that makes them say, I grew up on Jingle Jangle. That's a sad life for whoever says that. <laughs> I mean, someone will eventually in like 20 years, but like... What's your favorite Christmas movie? Jingle Jangle on Netflix! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and like, look, I just, I don't know, like, because I'm thinking of my daughter, and I'm like, I just feel like she, even she would hate this. Like, and you know what I'm saying? Please, just because don't it's show like, it to her, please. Yeah, like... I mean, there. Like, I still, I feel like there are moments where it's like that's really cool. Like, uh, Buddy making uh everybody fly, that's really cool. But 
Oh God! The whole reason that he works is from belief. What? Like, what? Like, it's just. Oh, it's like it's like frustrating on of how little they care about your brain, like in that movie. I would love to touch on a couple other problems that I had. To be honest with you. Because there's just such a laundry list. I'll talk about my big ones. Um, I think you're going to disagree with me on this, Phoenix. And that's okay. Um, I think the children actors were horrible. I think I really do. I think they were. Um, there have been so many talented children actors mm-hmm. in the last few years. Um, the girl from the Florida Project comes to mind. I do not recall her name. Uh, Roman Griffin Davis from Jojo Rabbit. Those are two phenomenal standouts. Mm-hmm. But they're they're Noah good. No Jude. What's that? What Noah Jude from uh, he was in Honey Boy and uh, Four V Ferrari. Little yes. Boy. Okay. So I haven't yeah. seen I haven't seen Honey Boy, but yes, another good one. There are talented children out there, and I don't know if they were specifically looking for children who could sing. But they couldn't act. That's for damn sure. Um, this was... I mean, I feel like I'm just retreading the tire. So let me move on to something else. Um, I don't even know this character's name because I don't really care. But the woman the, who... The postal... Yes, yeah. would consistently flirt with Geronicus Jangle yeah. was messed up. <laughs> that was messed up. Okay. Let's do some role reversal right. and have Geronicus do all the exact same things. Everything is the same, except she is Geronicus and he is the postman. Now we got lawsuits on our hands. Okay. <laughs> so this was weird. This gave off extremely like pedophile vibes inside wow. this children's movie. <laughs> I did not like that at all. That was that was disgusting. There was no place for that. She was like, oh, well, maybe if you come to my house, I'll give you a ride. Like, okay, that's... We, hey, that's what kind of ride? Mm. See, like, that was just... She was like, the, the, the town's mayor, whatever, burst into her... We were making love. Shut up. No, he clearly does not want you. Oh my God, I'm, 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 um, you know, in this whole conversation, right? When we, we do this all the time, we come in here, we talk about movies. My opinion will change once you get me going on something. It changed with the boys in the band. It changed with Palm Springs. It, it just might change with this. I might downgrade this even further. Uh, (laughs) Let me say though that. Um, I do like Keegan-Michael Key. I, th- I think that while this role did not help him whatsoever, I just think that I like that he's becoming a more prominent actor. I'm excited to see him in the prom, and I'm excited to see him in, in some more roles in the future. And I really love the diversity inside of this movie. Um, it It's no... I, I can't even think of, outside of the mayor, a non-diverse character... I think that's so great, especially for today and everything we're dealing with. And for it being a children's movie, especially for children to, to grow up seeing something like this, I think that's fantastic. And that is the lone good decision that 
uh, the decision makers made on this film. All right, so Brandon, let's top this off. Uh, what is your official rating for Jingle Jangle? I, I, I'm going to give it a one out of five. <laughs> I got to give it a one just for the, the songs, yeah. the singing. That was it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nathan, what about you, man? I gave it a one for <laughs> that beautiful, beautiful up style storytelling. But you got me going. I'm, I'm sweating. Um, this this has to be a half star. It has wow. to be. I mean, this is such a pile of shit <laughs> that I can't. I can't even. And just for the record, I gave Artemis Fowl one star, and so, I would be giving this a half star. So this is worse than Artemis Fowl for you. When I rewatch both, we'll know. But. <laughs> Oh god. No, I I this it's a one star for now, but it is dangerous to go into that half star. Wow. I'll think about it. Um, Come back ne- next week, ask me again and I'll have Okay. <laughs> uh I am I am somewhat in the same boat as you guys. Uh I'm gonna go slightly higher. I'm gonna go uh two stars. And uh that's still pretty bad in my book. Um, I just felt the story was insulting. Like, it really was. It was just insulting. But I liked a lot of the music. I really enjoyed a lot of the costumes. And I did enjoy a lot of the choreography. So, I, like, there were elements that I enjoyed. It was just surrounded by a movie that had nothing going for it. Like, nothing at all. Uh, so... That's where we are on Jingle Jangle <laughs> and Happiest Season. So we covered two uh, really uh, interesting holiday movies. I encourage you all to check out Happiest Season. Um, check out Jingle Jangle at your own risk. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm for some cinema. Know, yeah, please let us know what you thought of these movies. Uh, you can always find us at Film Code Pod on Twitter. And we are going to dive right into our discussion this week because something super exciting happened this week where all three of us managed to see the same movie for the very first time this week. And that movie is, of course, Die Hard. We all saw Die Hard for the very first time this week. I know, judge us, shame us, it's ridiculous uh, (laughs) that we finally got to this point. But, uh, so before we even get into it, I want to know what made you guys decide to seek out Die Hard this week? Brandon. Honestly, I saw it was playing at my theater, and I had this past Tuesday off of work. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see a movie. And I'm like, you know what? I literally own this movie but I'd rather see it in theaters. So I'm going to go see it in theaters. And I brought my 12-year-old brother with me. We loved it. So we're going to dive into that a little bit later. But yeah, that's what pulled me into going to see this movie. Nathan, what about you? I watch a lot of things with my dad. Um, So he prefers to watch things that 
he grew up on or, or that he knows are great. Let me put it that way. Right. Um, where I'm more willing to take risks mm. on things like jingle jangle. Um, <laughs> so he knows Die Hard is great. He knows I hadn't seen it. Um, it was just time to watch it. It's just one of those things that we were looking for something to watch together. He knew it was fantastic. He knew he'd have a good time with it. And I hadn't seen it yet. So it just made sense. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm much like you, Brandon. I, uh, I had a day off. I was like, man, I ain't been to the theaters in a minute. I know my theaters are, are reopened. I was like, what, what's playing? I was, uh, I actually went on a double feature cause I wanted to see, uh, let him go, which is the new, uh, Kevin Costner, Diane Lane movie. So I was like, Oh yeah, let me check that out. And then I saw that Die Hard was playing. I was like, Oh, well I got the full day, dude, let's double feature it. So I went and saw Die Hard, like, I can tell you, Let It Go was was I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent, but Die Hard, man, <laughs> I have never had a more fun experience in my life seeing a movie for the first time. Uh, Nathan, I'm curious. So you saw you saw this with your dad. Uh, what did was he shocked by your reaction, or did he expect that that for you for you to like it? I'm sorry, Phoenix. I was lagging on my end. Can you repeat all that? Yeah. So I know that you saw this with your dad. What did he? What did he, uh, What was your reaction to to him, and how did he? How did he feel about it? Yeah. I mean, I I loved it. Um, I was laughing because this movie is organically funny, as I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Alan Rickman, specifically from his work as Snape in the Harry Potter franchise and just his villain. Um, I'm very not obnoxious when we watch movies. That's not the right word, but you can tell what I'm thinking of a movie as we're watching. Um, you can tell if I'm into it or if I'm not. Um, so he could tell, and, and he loved it. He, this was totally a, um, some, a movie you can bond over for sure. Absolutely. That, that that was actually why I wanted to ask that because as I was watching it, I was like, oh man, I wish I was watching this with like a buddy or or my dad or something like that because it's such a dad movie. Like you just know like, like oh, my dad would love this movie. Uh, it's just got everything. And, and uh, I was in, I was in such a state in the movie theater, just like everything about this movie is awesome. And like, I love it. Uh, like you said, like you could see, you could tell if I'm really into a movie. Um, I, Alan Rickman, wow. Like Han, his Hans Gruber gotta be one of the best movie villains I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I'm not familiar with the Harry Potter franchise. I still haven't seen past the first movie. So I don't know how he is as Snape, but when he comes into this movie as Hans Gruber, I'm like, that dude is a freaking badass. He's so badass. And he's, he's, it's not even that he's like mean or vicious or anything like that, is that he's so smart and so capable and so dangerous and just like cold. He's so cold. He tells the dude just right out of the gate, like, he's like, it's like you're gonna have to kill me. He's like, okay, and he just, pow, just done with him. Like, oh, like I love this guy. Like, I'm like, shouldn't love him because he's the bad guy, but I love him. He's so good. 
uh, that was just Alan Rickman. Just I, I would watch this movie again just for Alan Rickman's character. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I I love Alan Rickman. He's just such a talent. Um, gone too soon, but he really can or could play anything. Um, and seeing him as the villain was just fantastic. But Brandon. Let's hear I, your thoughts. Okay, so I did not know Alan Rickman was in this, so I, I started hearing his voice. I'm like, that's Professor Snape. That's Alan Rickman. Let's go. So just like right off the bat, like you just know he's not playing when um, uh, I think his name was Takami or something. Yeah. And he's like, you're just going to have to shoot me. Okay, bang. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not playing around here. And like I just overall loved this film. Because like, you you can relate to John McClane because he there's some moments where he talks to himself. He's like, "Why the fuck you just stop them, John? You'd be dead too, you fucking idiot." <laughs> you relate. You can relate because you do the same thing. You'd stay back and be like, "Wait, okay, let me think this through." Because I'd be dead too, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, just the comedy all around worked. The action worked. This actually be. I'll, I'll actually mention this later on. Um, yeah, overall, I just absolutely loved this film. It was just a fun time. Um, the uh, the the cop who the cop who was the first cop who was on the scene, and when the the body drops, I was like, Oh Lord Jesus! Oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> help! Right fucking now! No, God damn it, no! I absolutely laughed my ass off. And then just to add to the comedy, John McClane's like, welcome to the party, pal. I'm like, yep, this is my movie. Yeah, I I, I can't believe I skipped over that. Uh, having Reginald Bill Johnson as as the cop in, in this movie, I just, oh, that just, that just sent my heart. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Family Matters. And uh, just seeing him in this role and just, uh, you know, being himself, you know, it was it was great. And he was so great in it. And he, he played that right. Like the, the part you're talking about, I love it. It was so funny. Like just the way he went from just calm and like uh, nothing's going on here to like immediately like, bam, like. Ah, like the turn it in my car. They the turn the car into Swiss cheese. Right. right. <laughs> Let, let's let's dive deeper into that for a minute. I mean, for a film that we we can sit here and say it's it's funny, it's got great action. It also does have solid writing in the fact that you take that character. I want to get his name right. Um, for Al Powell, Sergeant Al Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, you take his character when he's first introduced, buying donuts, traditional cop sense, you know cracking jokes with the um with the guy checking him out um at the convenience store and he gets the call in to go check out the building and he he doesn't even want to and not that you dislike the guy off the bat or anything but you're just kind of like okay typical cop he's gonna do a drive-by he's not gonna take this seriously he's not gonna help our main character but then by by the end you love the guy so mm-hmm. talk about an absolute development of character. You thought this guy was going to screw over the main character or 
indirectly screw him over and just thought he was another guy, but he is a fan favorite. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I honestly, for me, I thought when he walked, like when he was about to get in his car and then he walked over and saw the entire building, I thought he was just be like, oh, okay. Oh, I, I checked up on it. I thought he was going to radio and was like, oh, <laughs> I've called him. But he, he actually went in. I love the Stevie Wonder joke he makes. He's like, who's driving? Stevie Wonder? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, there are so many quotable lines in this movie. Like so, so many. Some by John McClane himself, and some some by other characters. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think we're the latest ones to this, so I don't think I have to say uh, spoilers. But like, um, when the FBI guys get blown up in the in the helicopter, I just love how the 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 captain or the director or whatever he's like. Oh, I guess we need some more FBI guys. <laughs> like, I, literally, I hated that character so much, and then right. he cracked that joke, and then he made that comment. I'm like, okay, I like him now. Right, that was that was hilarious, and just so many, yeah, just so many great quotes. Uh, I even quoted it on my review. Was when uh, when he tells uh, when uh, Hans Gruber is like, you know, well, you think this is a movie, but you know. Uh, what does he say? Oh God, I forget the name. That seen he too many, seen too many westerns. Yeah, but like, like he, yeah, he's like you know, uh, I guess James Dean or somebody. I can't remember. John Wayne. John Wayne. He's like, yeah, John Wayne doesn't walk off into the sunset with with Grace Kelly. He's like, that's Gary Cooper, asshole. Wait, I'm like, <laughs> so great, just so so great. So many great lines. Obviously, we can't forget the the most famous one. You know, you know, you think you're some sort of cowboy. The hippie Kaye, motherfucker. Like, it's just so, oh man. Like, to, to think for me, who have seen that clip, knows that, that, that phrase for almost 30 some odd years, and to never see the movie, and then to finally see it in that context, and it still hit, it still, it still works. And I'm just like, that, that to me was the, was the best part of this movie was that it's, it's always great when you see a movie that, from you know years past and it still resonates mm-hmm. i just i loved how relentless the action was and yeah. another thing that i loved is that hans gruber actually gets in on some of it he's mm-hmm. not just the man behind the desk that gets all his dweeb henchmen to do all the dirty work he actually gets, you know, taken, if you want to say, by our lead character and pretends to be someone he's not. And he's very well in it for a long time. And, you know, John pulls his great stunt on him and, and whatnot. But I love that he was actually out there doing stuff and wasn't a traditional villain that just kind of sits there and lets his plan unravel. Yeah. Actually, that's a very good point because I'm like, I feel like, I don't know, I know this is a 19, was it 1988? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I feel like a lot of the movies that have come since then have done that where it's like, oh, we got the big bad and he's got like 20 other guys you got to get through and then you get to him and then you kill him and all he did the entire time was just tell people what to do. But it's like, you're not you know what I'm saying you ain't you ain't get your feet wet you know what I'm saying you ain't you ain't get your hands dirty so you essentially a chump 
just sitting yeah. behind a desk calling the shots and and letting all of these people die while you sit back and relax and you know what I'm saying stay clean. So it's I, essentially, I, I agree sorry, with that. I, I, lo I love that that Hans Gruber went out and you know what I'm saying he's doing some shooting, he's killing some people and and you know he gets in the thick with the the hero. I love it. Yeah. Something I something uh, that I saw recently. Oh, oh, because I was looking at like 104 facts of Die Hard. Apparently, um, that um, Hans Gruber's death scene, um, that like it was actually up on a build. They actually filmed that on top of the building, and his harness. They released it early, so that that shot, uh, that reaction of him dropping was his raw and pure reaction of him <laughs> falling off a building. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's great. Could you imagine being like 10, 9, 8? Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> but that's really cool. Like, yeah, I just, uh, I feel so late to the party because, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, it's a movie from 1988 that we're just now seeing in 2020. Uh, you know, there's so many uh, different anecdotes about it that uh, that exist. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, probably just barely grazing grazing the surface on it um but yeah like i love that like again going back to that point that that nathan you made about uh hans gruber you know i just i i i think that's part of the reason why he's considered probably one of the best movie antagonists uh you know what i'm saying in, in in cinema is just the sheer fact that he just goes so against that trope and so much about uh the same is true for john mcclain that he goes against that trope as well of the of the everyman hero he he sort of goes against that as well like he's he's very much reluctant to 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 do this well actually i, I shouldn't say that he's not reluctant at all he's like he's very much like oh this is this is it this is my job this is what i train for this is what i do and he goes in full-throated and he's trying to save people and I love the scenes in the beginning where he's trying to get help. You know what I'm saying? You see him pull the fire alarm and you know what I'm saying? He's like panicking, trying to get some other people there. Cause he knows like, this is crazy. It's really crazy for me to be the one guy to take on all of these people. And he tries all of these aspects to get people to help, to get other people there. And then they don't help and they, they ruin things for him. It's just like, what are you doing? doing it's such a frustrating mm. thing for him and you watching it as the audience just going along like oh my god somebody fucking help john please <laughs> like, exactly i th the funniest line for me is like when he's trying to signal like call the police for help on their walkie-talkie he's like this is a protected line this is this is for emergency calls only what the fuck you think i'm ordering a pizza, pizza? you know shit <laughs> <laughs> it was so many lines like that man like yeah just great just great stuff mm -hmm. it, it's just so great because like the only thing that i knew from this movie before going in is that i he crawled around vents because it's just like that's just so used as references nowadays like the lego movie always oh, sunny used it so that was literally the only thing that i knew happened like I was really blown away when like the gun was strapped to his back. Cause like I knew he had a plan in place when he put down the gun. I'm like, okay, 
how 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 is he gonna get this? And he just yanks the gun from his belt. I'm like, oh, so this is happening. Yeah, like uh, like I'm with you on that. Like I didn't know anything. Um, I knew I knew about Yipikaye. That was it. I know that there was an explosion in an, in an elevator shaft, and I knew that he walked it through a van. Like that was it. Those are the only only things that I knew about Die Hard going in. And so seeing all of those moments in context was really like that again, that's that's great when there's a movie that's been around for so long. And some I don't know how this movie did not get spoiled for me. <laughs> but like, yeah, just to finally see all of these things in context, I just think I don't know. I just in it, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. What is just so mind blowing to me is that I watched it on a Saturday and gave it five stars for mm-hmm. the first time I've seen it. Brandon watched it on Tuesday, a full three days later, for the first time, gave it five stars. Phoenix watched it on what Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday, a day later for the first time and gave it five stars. So the three of us on this show right now in the span of five days, (laughs) all watched it for the first time and all gave it five stars. And we were not planning to review it for the show. We did plan to review happiest season in jingle jangle. We did not plan this. Right. This was simply Brandon saw it at his theater. Phoenix saw it at his theater. My dad and I decided to do it. This was completely unplanned. And in the span of five days, three five stars all on first time watch. That's mind it, it, It's never happened on film code. <laughs> it's no. mind blowing because when are we going to get something that all three of us have never seen that has been out for years Years, not a new release that we're all going to give five stars, not in the span of two months, but in a same week, literally same week. And like none of us even planned to like, no, like Nathan didn't even mention that he watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I quickly mentioned it and then, and then Phoenix was like, all right, I'm going to go. And then boom. Yeah. I like honest to God, when I, when I walked out of the theater, I was like shaking. I was like, (laughs) I could not believe how like my adrenaline was so high after this movie. Cause I'm just like, like, even as the credits were rolling, I was still feeling like somebody got a gun. Like, 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 it was just, it was so intense. It was just like, cause like, like once we get past like the awkward conversation that he has with his wife, it's go time. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's like two hours of the movie. It's go time. Like the whole movie. Even like the last scene, she punches a reporter. Like everybody, I'm like, I'm just, I'm jacked up. I'm like, it was cars, it was guns, it was helicopters, there was explosions. It was beautiful. I'm like, I just loved it. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, I called Brandon after I watched it. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm shaking. I'm like, I want to fight somebody so bad. Like it was so good. I'm just like that, that, that to get that emotion from a movie that's over 30, 30 years old, I just, you, you, that's incredible. That's absolutely when, incredible. When do I get the honor to receive a, a post-watch <laughs> call? I don't know. We'll see. We'll what see. What list do I have to make to be on that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh like, my goodness. Um, it's just it's so crazy. Unplanned. Mm-hmm. Span of five days, not two months, five days. All three of us, first time. Not oh, I watched it one time and gave it four and a half. I'm gonna rewatch it and give no. <laughs> first time. All three of us five stars. I don't think this ever happened. Never. Like, it's never gonna happen again. It may and never, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like Hey Phoenix, I just watched Die Hard. Check it out. No, <laughs> right. it was not like that. Right, it's just so crazy. Yeah, that was that. That's insane. And like, it, what's funny is I, I I do a list of uh, movies that I try to watch in a month or whatever, and Die Hard was on it, and um and I was like, oh okay, you know I'll get to it when I get to it, and um like it just like I don't know it just just fell into place that it landed on this week. Brandon had seen it. Nathan had seen it. I was like, well, you know, well, here it and, is. And the other <laughs> thing, too, that, that needs to be said is we're selective about the movies we give five stars. I know Phoenix is very selective. Very. And I can speak for Nick, too, <laughs> and myself for us being extremely selective. I give 5% of the movies I watch. 5% are five stars. So this does not happen all that often. <laughs> This does not happen all this that often. This is my third five-star movie of the year. And and all of the movies that I've given five stars to were older movies, like movies that came out well before this year. So, yeah. This, this is, is my 21st out of 416. Jesus. So we do not give five stars. Brandon, I, I can't speak for you, but I know you're selective as well. So it's mm-hmm. not like we're out here – Anything that gets us excited is five stars. Mm. No, you may be that way listening. That's just not how we are. Mm. So it has to absolutely blow us away to get that rating. And it did. It it one hundred percent deserved it. And my God. Like <laughs> even even the even the, the music, they used yes. Beethoven so well. Ode to Joy is played in Hans Gruber's theme, and yes. it works so yes. freaking well. <laughs> Talk like yeah, I did, like speaking of music, like using uh, Run DMC's Christmas uh, song like as an intro into the like into the story. I was just like, why is why is that perfect? I was like, I was like, why is that perfect? Because it's like this is like there's a I don't I, I don't think there's a debate anymore. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, as far as I'm concerned. But, like, there was a debate in, 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 for a long time about whether this fits into the Christmas thing. And I'm like, f- using Run DMC's Christmas song, I think is perfect because it's like, that's, a, that's not a traditional Christmas song. And this is not a traditional Christmas movie. And yet it fits perfectly. Like, it, it, just, it just works. Everything about this movie works. I'm so excited to finish the rest of the series. Like... I've heard I've heard mixed things about the sequel, uh, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So there, we, there you have it, guys. Die Hard. We have the official word, at least from Film Code. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm honestly worried to watch the sequels. Me too. I am a hundred percent in agreement. I kind of don't want to watch the sequel. Right. Cause I feel like it will taint it a little bit. Well, I've already like, seen live free or die hard. 
which I actually really enjoyed. I, I thought that was a perfectly fine movie, but like having not known the story up until then, I was like, I don't know. If, if I watch it again, it might suck, but I don't know. I like, I, I, I don't know how you top this. <laughs> yeah. See, like it, it's, it's, it, there's like a fine line, like sequels to like star Wars sequels to Indiana Jones. They, they can work sequels to a movie where you stop a crime heist. Like it's the same with taken. You, you can't do the trope again. You yeah. can't put that character exactly. through the same thing. Exactly. Right. This is such a, I just, he, John McClane happened to be in the building mm-hmm. at the time of this terrorist takeover. It is in it of itself a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And none of us have seen the sequels. Maybe you listening have, and you're like, you guys are idiots, <laughs> but that is a coincidence. Am I just supposed to believe that he's just going to be in a building that this shit's going to happen to again? Or is it going to happen and they're going to call him in? I I don't know. And to be honest with you, I don't really want to (laughs) know. But Brandon's absolutely right. It's like this is such a non-recyclable plot. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. And and yet they've done, what, five? Five of these? Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) So we shall see. All right. So we got to move on. We got. Oh, I'd like to quickly mention uh, Die Hard is actually my favorite, my newest favorite, my new favorite movie. Yeah. It, it's I, I was going to. I, I, I forgot to mention that earlier. I'm like, I was going to save it for later. But yeah, this is it's my favorite movie of all time now. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So we got to move on to film code. We got it finally from Nick. It was Nick's uh, code word this week. Uh, he sent it to us late, but we do have it. Uh, we'll pull it up. All right. I, uh, I got it. Oh, you got it? Okay, dope. Yes. So Nick is not with us here tonight, um, but we will take over and carry on anyway. So his code word this week was tragedy, which he did not spell correctly, but we'll <laughs> let him we'll let him hear that next week. Um, his clues were ridiculously unspecific because he's trying to catch up to me and can't afford me to get more points. Um, his clues were 1990 to 1999, nominated for best picture and based on a big event. So as you can see, not very specific. <laughs> so since Nick is not with us, um, but we need his answer, and we are recording very late, for you listening, that doesn't make a difference. But for us, we can't just conveniently call Nick because we are doing this so late at night. Um, he sent me a Snapchat with the answer. I have not opened this Snapchat uh, for proof for these two guys right here. I will show that this is my snapchat from nick an hour ago that okay. i haven't opened hold on, hold on keep that snapchat page up okay um this is my snapchat from nick up oh, there <laughs> thanks brandon um so i don't know what this is i don't know what it says i still haven't opened it 
Um, but nonetheless, that reveals the answer. Just so you know that I am playing fair here. Um, I have no idea what it is. So, Brandon, let's start with you. Okay. Just based on the hints given, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give this a straight shot and say it's Saving Private Ryan because it is based off a true story, uh, real events. It is a tragedy, and it was nominated for Best Picture and it came out in 1998. So I'm gonna go with Saving Private Ryan. Alrighty, Phoenix, what do you think? Buddy, I have no idea, but the closest thing that I can think of is a movie that came out in 1993. I, I think we would definitely agree that based on a real life event, that this was a tragedy. Uh, I, I believe this was nominated. I, be, I believe it won. It should have won. If it didn't win, uh, we got to talk about that. So I'm going with Spielberg's Schindler's List. Got to go with the, the classic. So that's that's where I'm headed. Awesome. Um... I am also going to go with, oh, that is not in the same year. I'm getting my ears confused. Um, this is where I think being Nick's roommate benefits me greatly. Um, I don't, obviously, I don't know what the answer is. I'm just speculating and trying to to get everyone to know where I'm coming from. I get, I just like to do that. Um, this is where I feel like Nick's, Nick being my roommate benefits me greatly. Um, looking at some of the choices, one movie stuck out to me in particular that is based on real life events. So obviously it fits, it fits that and it fits the time period was nominated, did not win. Um, Nick talks about this movie from time to time. It's not something he obsesses over, um, but it's something that he has said to me. Yeah, we got to watch that sometime. And he said that more than once. And it's a movie that I know he's seen. And I know he speaks highly of. So even if it's not the right answer, he does speak highly of this movie and it does fit all the criteria. I'm going to say Nick picked the movie that he knows. Um, and that movie would be uh, Apollo 13. And Nick speaks very highly of this movie, mentions it from time to time. So if it's not it, at least I know that I gave it a good guess. Um, okay, so here we are. Still that same Snapchat is unopened, just so you know I haven't opened it uh, and then made my guess. So are we ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you go. gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Let's go. All right. We, In our defense, we all gave good answers. Yes. You did. You all gave good answers. <laughs> we all gave good answers. Um, I think, like I said, just knowing Nick uh, and and getting to be around him extensively more than the two of you, I think that benefited me greatly. You two would have no idea that he talks about this movie frequently, and I do. Right. So um, gut check, we were able to pull this off without Nick here, um, <laughs> which is fantastic. So my lead, he made it so unspecific so he could stay close to me, and now here I am up too. <laughs> So in your face, Nathan that. now has seven. Nick is five. I have three. Brandon, I think has three as well, or two. I think three. Yeah. Wow. I think three because I got I got 
a few of them. I can't remember which points I got, but I have three. Or do I have four? We, you know what? I'll go back through it and re- re- check it again. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, ah, oh, that sucks. I really hoped it was Schindler's List. That would have been, that would have been really good. Um, we okay, pulled no. that off without yeah. Nick being here. We still managed to do it, which is great. That was great. All right, Nathan, I do believe it is your code word next. It do is. You, do you have I it? I will have it for you by tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get up out of here, guys. We are so super excited. We pulled this episode off. It was our holiday special, uh, jam-packed episode full of uh, different holiday movies. We're coming back next week. We're probably going to talk a few more, uh, probably some first-time watches that we love. And... A lot of great things that dropped this week. Uh, Prom is one of them. I'm still watching it. I'll let you guys know how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, man. You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C Ears on Twitter and Letterboxd. It's Fantasmic Ears. I'm logging my films. I'm not giving really much reviews because I don't have the time, but I am logging my films. If you guys want to see what I watch throughout the week, uh, it's not much. Uh, and if you want to check out my Twitter as well. So, yeah. Thank you guys again. It was great to be on uh, for the Once in a Blue Moon episode that I'm always on. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great to be back eventually. We love having you, Brandon, man. We appreciate you. Uh, Nathan, let everybody know where they can find you, man. Find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig got a little lightning symbol next to my name i'm the only person you know with this last name too so i'll throw that in there um been watching so much stuff lately we'll be watching a lot of christmas stuff it's gonna be starting stanley kubrick so you'll definitely want to follow me over there on letterboxd would love to interact with you guys just make sure you keep up i got a few things to plug because you know i always have to do that here on this Mm -hmm. show um we've been putting out a ton of side content Phoenix did one about 2020 movies we haven't talked about yet. Brandon and I did Gotham and The Mandalorian. Brandon did a separate episode on The Mandalorian. I did one about Netflix movies and Spider-Man. There's so much content we have for you guys outside of these big episodes. You get to know us better as hosts as we host our own little side segments and more content that I guarantee you will love. Maybe we haven't talked about something that you want to hear about. Check it out in those side segments and recommend us something. You know, if you absolutely love a series going on right now or a movie and you want to hear us talk about it, recommend it. And one of us will probably check it out and do one of those side segments on it. How can you recommend it? Well, you can go to our letterbox or Twitters like we just plugged, or you can follow the show over on Twitter at filmcodepod. We do a ton of great stuff to interact with you guys. Hit us up, add us, DM us, tell us you want us to review something. We would be all for that. First thing you got to do is reach out. Just appreciate you guys listening, and thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, my name is Phoenix Cloud, and guys, you can find me on Twitter at Reviews one That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under PA Cloudin. I just went pro, so ah, super happy, <laughs> loving it. Yes. Uh, so yeah, and like Nathan said, please follow the show on Twitter at Film Code Pod, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. We're out of here. Peace. Merry Christmas from Film Code. Merry Christmas, guys. Woo!